and we are recording in progress recording with a fellow tim dylan and ray comp aficionado david goslin on wednesday wednesday march 29th 348 p.m eastern time 2023 guys if you want to support the show you're watching on rumble click the little red button above for locals that's rumble's version of patreon you can support the show for a couple bucks a, bucks a month get exclusive stuff promo code tommy get some free stuff and also if you don't want that the merch store is back up those are all my custom designs from back in the day when i did graphic design that will be the first link in the description uh all those proceeds go to making this podcast better. Um, but today we're going to talk about, and as you said, an unfortunately topical topic, uh, MK Ultra coming in the wake of the the Nashville shooting where that that person went in and shot, I think, and killed three kids. Totally fucked up. But there's also irrefutable U.S. provable U.S. history that. We have manipulated and gone for mind control and mentoring and candidates. And whenever someone does something that is so out of the norm, you do have to raise the question of, is there something more going on? But that, David, please take it away, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's unfortunate. And at the same time, as I say, it's unfortunate. What's also unfortunate is that we're everybody's a lot of people are probably kind of numb to this kind of stuff by now. Right. Uh, so it, I think, yeah, it always helps to check in with ourselves, right. And be present. So like, how do, how do we actually think about these things? Because I mean, would the government really, you know, would there be agencies or programs that are really designed to target uh, patients within the psychiatric uh treatment world the you know the prison system you know identifying people that already have issues and looking for ways to uh, exploit different conditions and try different things uh you know including program killers and actually you know there's this book that i read which is really a banger i mean oh yeah chaos Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s by Tom O'Neill. Mm. Oh, gosh. I, I I would wake up for a few months. Every day I woke up in the morning, went to my uh, McDonald's down the street, had my McDonald's coffee, and would just read this. Uh, that was like the first two hours of my day. Yeah. I was, you know, in sex cults, program killers. Uh, but it was, it was actually a nice way to start the day in that it was really a... I, it was a journey, you know? So for beginning of my day was like a journey into hyperspace. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the CMK Ultra, one of the coveted, uh, most coveted goals was the creation of false memories and programmed assassins, you know, and how would that be done? And I think, you know, people are wondering... Yeah, we're always wondering, like, how is this? How is this done? Or how how could this really be? And then part of us is like, we're crazy for just thinking that, mm -hmm. even though I, stuff is actually on record. Uh, Doctor Jolly West, who was one of the leading MK Ultra researchers, I mean, this is literally in his letters that Tom O'Neill cites, where you know it was the question of how do you from create false memories implant false memories which ultimately means i mean if you can implant false memories then you're changing people's uh 
perception of not only the past but really the present right well it's, if it's things com complete happen, real reality fabrication yeah and the interesting thing is you know like now you know we even hear like there's so much talk of ufos ufo sightings and uh you know the, the the great disclosure you know and the new reality and the government needs to you know come clean about what it knows about ufos and like hillary clinton's uh chief of staff you know podesta uh -huh. john podesta harry reed uh you know they have spearheaded the this this disclosure stuff lawrence rockefeller founded the disclosure project in like 1992 and you know you then you get these stories like if you i was looking on joe rogan uh and all these big lex friedman they have this guy his name's robert graves i believe and uh you know they're they're just talking about all their encounters with ufos and like yeah and I, my other friend he also you know he, they're pilots so okay it's not like yeah they are flying and stuff that maybe makes it a bit more credible but i mean they also work at you know u.s military air bases which is where jolly west just you know uh also did experiments on mind control and, and stuff so yeah it also happens that mind control experiments were done at u.s air bases uh you know historically and you have u.s air Force air fighter pilots who you know talk about seeing ufos and who probably you know there's a good chance they saw something uh but you know other stories of people being abducted by aliens like people remember weird stuff sometimes right we hear stories of people remembering all sorts of strange things from their past and this is something that second banger the two books that i i you know really uh, they're they're really bangers uh, richard bandler's guide to transformation trance t-r-a-n-c-e dash formation which is kind of cool but um he talks about false memories repatterning the past and uh i'll just read this to you because this has nothing like this is just a book about hypnosis and making your life better but there's a chapter chapter 18 it's called repatterning the past the magic of false memories and uh, i'll just read you this little excerpt here it's gonna lead us down a rabbit hole but i mean i guess we're we're used to that at Let's this point right fucking go dude false memories were something we heard a lot about a few years ago because some therapists were actually installing in their clients memories of things that had never happened by the ignorant way they asked questions and made suggestions this practice caused terrible problems for the individuals and their families, especially when the therapist suggested indirectly that Uncle Fred had not just been giving them a bath when they examined some childhood photographs together. These therapists would go through the client's pictures and select perfectly innocent snaps of, say, a baby sitting on someone's knee. Then they'd ask the client questions like, how can you be sure that was all that was happening? How do you know your uncle or aunt wasn't interfering with you. And of course, since they couldn't possibly be sure, it had to be true. So it goes on. It's very easy to lead people in ways that get them to quote unquote, remember things that never happened, especially if they're very young or in an altered state. I remember watching those old films of a hypnotherapist regressing people who claimed to have been abducted by aliens. And they always followed a certain pattern. The hypnotist would say things like, so, it's a warm night on July 5th, 
and you're asleep in your room, right? And suddenly you hear a noise. You remember that, don't you? The subject would say, uh-huh, yeah, I guess so. And you become aware that whatever is making that noise is in there with you near your bed, don't you? The person would say with greater conviction, yes, that's right, near my bed. That's right, near your bed. Noises. And how many aliens are there in the room? So Bandler explains, this kind of language is extremely persuasive because it operates below the level of conscious awareness. We recognize these patterns from the Milton model, da -da -da. quote unquote, quote, you hear a noise. Something is with you in the room. You become aware that it's near you, don't you? All these statements function as commands to do something embedded within a seemingly innocent sentence. The listener's unconscious mind hears them as injunctions rather than questions or statements and then experiences them as true. If you get a subject to agree enough about other things, dates, times, locations, and so on, he's altogether more likely to perceive a statement presupposing there are aliens as true. This is hypnosis in its simplest, but still very powerful form. That's how to harness the power of hypnosis to ignite effortless and lasting change, make your life better. Remember all those aliens caused all the problems that you have. It's those fucking aliens, man. That's And if it's not aliens, it's anything that you want the target to focus on. Don't you remember, David, how Castro hit your mom? I do. Even if you've yeah. never been to Cuba, I do remember that. And wouldn't you want to do something back to him? Make him feel pain. Here's a car call. Yeah. And imagine if you put me on LSD and modafinil, or no. that probably would have been mixed, but, you know, that some... wake you up. You know, you'd want LSD and maybe like, uh, I don't know. Maybe After like a... sleep? Yeah, no, you oh. want LSD, and you want to, but you want to want pure freak out. You want LSD with like a very low dose of Xanax or something. You'd want the suggestive without the total like impairment and like psychosis. See, now we sound like pretty much <laughs> what Ultra is, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not even that you have to be that smart, right? If you're just kind of trying shit and, and you're workshopping and you have a twisted brain, like your mind's going to go places that for, so, for most just doesn't. Right now, and, you and I are right now. You and I are 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 playing a, a game of like if we were. It's 1960. You and I are in the basement in Langley, and we're going if we had to, right? But the difference is, is we then stop and go, this shit's so fucked up, right? Then either you're a true believer and or you're a psychopath. You're going, yeah. I mean, if this helps prevent nuclear war, I think it's. I think we would be morally in the wrong to not do it. We'll go get one guy. We'll go get a criminal. He's a bad guy. He's already he's he's already he's lost his right to life. Let's go fuck the with him. Commies. We we got to defeat the commies, right? At all I costs. Mean, at all costs, exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, the first uh, in uh, this book, Tom O'Neill talks about how you know Jolly West says, of course, we're going to have like volunteers. You know, we're going to have uh, air base men and whatnot and also 
uh, people within the the hospital or prison system, right, which might not uh, be witting or willing, but you know they'll they'll actually be a good. Um, uh, we could there'll be a good uh, dry run, right, because they already have uh, different conditions, you know, personality disorders, and or how do you. What are the characteristics of personality disorders? How can you induce personality disorders? That's actually something that he talks about. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get this quote here. But yeah, he says like, yeah, we'll study people that have mental disorders. And at the same time, we can see like, how can you induce these things? And uh, yeah, I don't, did you ever see that Tim Dillon uh, or listen to the podcast where he interviews Nick Bryant? Yeah, I, I, I read the Franklin Scandal because of that podcast. Okay, so they talk about um, what really stuck out is when he talks about how they found manuals in a a factory, the finders group Uh, or whatnot. The the goat heads, keep the kids moving, the teletypes, yeah. Yeah, and they have like different programmings, Delta Delta, programming. Sex slave, assassin, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like there's actually manuals on how you uh, create split personalities to you know if you want to i actually know somebody who's i mean was a victim of serious uh child sex abuse Mm. had uh split personalities in the past and they they recovered they made it way to the other side and i mean of course it was a close family member uh but they had been renamed by that family member and that's one of the things they do, right? So that if you want to get people to split off, and this is done when they're children, right? So if you're giving kids drugs, uh, you're using hypnosis, and you're you're renaming them, you know. So then, like, what? How do these things look later on in life? Yeah. And all the long-term programs, but yeah. So this was done. I mean, I know somebody who this actually was done to, and was it connected to that? There's certain um, eerie resemblances but this is real stuff right the franklin cover-up was a cover-up of of real things and so it i we talk this is dark stuff right but at the same time we're talking about it to demystify it and you know make take it take us away from this hollywood clockwork orange style brainwashing stuff and like what does this stuff actually look like in real life you know and how is it done you know, how, do, how does somebody actually uh, come to get, you know, split personalities? And I mean, it can happen in all sorts of ways. And so when you have all these subjects in the prison system, I mean, where are they going? Right. So this is this is the sample population that a lot of this stuff is done with, you know, or maybe they already hear voices. And, you know, one day the voices told them to kill the president, you know. Or don't kill the president, right? In the same way, if I tell you, don't think about the color blue, what are you thinking about? Yeah. Now, if you have a, an obsessive thought disorder, you know, and you have different things, like, again, we're, we're like spitballing MK Ultra in 1960s, like, how would we, you know, what would we do? And, uh, yeah, shit gets pretty wild pretty quickly. And then you have, you have military funding you have guarantee black ops never declassified 
Annie Jacobson had, has a great term. It's called Born Black, and it's a project that will never be declassified. So not even your grandkids will disown you. Born Black, unlimited funding, the moral superiority. Got to remember, dude, 60, it's 15 years after World War II. 85 million dead, the Holocaust, A-bombs. It's saying black right. and white photos in your in your social studies book in middle school. This isn't grandpa telling you about Pearl Harbor. This is closer in the rearview mirror to them than 9-11 is for us, all right? You have all of that. Got to beat the commies. And then we already know who rises to the top of really any organization, especially intelligence organizations, psychopaths and sociopaths. And it's 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 just what it is. We can. That's a whole other argument for another time, but it is what it is. And if you're looking at, in terms of these cold military calculus of listen we can we can nuke Hiroshima and kill 300,000 or 150,000 civilians or we can do a mainland invasion lose a, a million Americans and kill 10 million civilians there is no third option someone has to make the call and it's a very dark thing right it's a, a few good men you want me on that wall you need me on that wall because you know I do the things that you don't want to talk about at parties well now you yeah. have someone going we ruin one person's life, and it's unforgivable what we're going to do. We save a billion. All of a sudden, if you're not on board with that, you're a fucking commie. It's a nice false choice, isn't it? It's a very nice false choice. Makes you feel great. Yeah. And then, it's also like... You're pushing, you're pushing science. You're a scientist. You're getting a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Forget corporate funding. We're giving you military funding, unlimited, and you have a free conscience because the president orders it for national security. You're a mad scientist, dude. This is this is your wet dream. You're like, let's go, baby. This is Iron Man in a shop. Build whatever you want. And you do that, and you start walking it out, and how, how difficult is it? And so the reason why we do have to talk about it like we are now is, and it's actually, it's a sentence that I actually quote a lot from that episode with Nick Bryant. I think it was Sex, Slaves, and Assassins, or it's Everything's Fucked. I think they did two of them. Um, but he says at the end, he's like, do I think I'm going to change all of this? I think, paraphrasing, he's like, no. But to start a conversation, you have to first diagnose it. It might take 200 years for us as a society to to take this thing in and, and deal with it. You have to at first start the conversation. And I, that's what I try to do with all sorts of weird topics. I'm like, we yeah. are, we're the Wright brothers doing the first flight. We're not going to see a 747. We have yeah. to start. And that's, it's the importance of having the all, all jokes aside, provable U.S. history. We have sure. to broach these things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess part of the reason it's might be difficult to come to terms with these things is that our understanding and memories, collective memories of the past, of what history has been, are very distorted, right? So what do you mean, like, our intelligence agencies would, you know, do all sorts of heinous things to maintain, you know, the you know they're an empire right supremacy dominance full spectrum dominance like what are you talking about 
right? And and one of the realities is that, and this was studied as well, like, you know, going back to uh, Tavistock and, and family therapy, that people shut down when things are, are more than they can handle. They shut down and they enter a world of make-believe, mm-hmm. right? Parts of themselves split off, right? They disassociate the parts that they don't like or the things that they don't like that are 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 too difficult or that they don't know how to deal with, they just, these things get disassociated. They break off and parts of people, you know, are broken off and, you know, we can go our whole lives. People live their whole lives sort of trying to avoid like some little thing in the corner, right? Or that seems like just a little thing tucked in the corner. It's kind of in the shadows. So you don't have to think about it too much. Uh, But yet there's always an itch, right? There's almost like an itch in your soul and you always need to like do different things to make it go away. You know, some are better than others from exercise. Uh, I mean, that's a good example. Bad example, lots of drugs mm-hmm. or drugs are less worse than others. Like if we're talking health wise, you know, don't stop taking your heart medication. If you take heart medication, that's not, I don't support that. Yeah. So the, I, when it comes to collective past memories and history it's not very different from the same thing that people that we see in family systems and this is what like family therapy and all this like control of group dynamics and how do you create artificial cultures and and tribes and you get people to you know uh, swear allegiance to their tribe to their political party right what's what's a political party if not a special kind of extended family you know, or a tribe, right? The, the, the greatest danger in evolutionary terms for any individual was the threat of expulsion from the tribe. And shame was actually, it's, it's, it's hypothesized that shame is really the shame emotion, which is one of the first things that uh, children can experience, right? They're either uh, in, the, in disgraced shadows or reflected glory. Right. There's a saying that children know themselves either in disgrace, shadows or reflect glory. So it's it's quite black and white. It's very visceral. And so from a tribal evolutionary standpoint, right, you needed something to keep the tribesmen in line. Right. And it's not like these people are, you know, uh, they're they're man is still quite uh, raw and, and primitive. Right. And impulsive. I mean, man still is all those things. But go back a couple, you know, 100,000 years. So try shame in these, there are certain emotions that keep people in line because there's a suggestion that, well, hey, if you don't, if you can't play by the rules, you're, you're out. Or if, and you're as good as dead if you're out of the tribe. Same with like animals, you know, like if a wolf or a monkey or whatnot, they're expelled from the pack, uh, you know, they're screwed. So that goes to like the most visceral, what's it called? A limbic Re- system, reptil- I believe. Reptilian brain, yeah. yeah, limbic system. Yeah. So, but then that, that gets to the perversity of the, the social engineering culture that is our, our brave new world, right? Or like the pod life, right? The whole cubicle organizational structure world, which is, again, what the Institute for Human, the Tavistock Institute for Human Relations like if you ever had an office job and uh, you're you're unsatisfied with your experience, I mean, 
these things were, you know, how do you shape the space and the environment and you have all the different systems of feedback to get people to know what's good. You know, like if you do certain things, we're going to give you goodies. And if, you know, you get a free Starbucks coffee once a month, if you sell like $500,000 or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you just, you condition people, right? And so this is all, this comes from studying family systems. And then it's just extended and how do you create other family systems? How do you use these things to, uh, you know, have other situations mimic those? so that people respond in a certain you know they have that warm feeling and like do you think you could do something you know would you be able to work saturday late you know we're we're a bit short okay fine you know their tone changes management's tone changes when they ask you for something and like are you a team player yeah you know like we like cooperation but it's uh (laughs) Uh, Hans, are you a team player? Yeah, yeah. Could you shoot this little children in the head? I mean, but that's right. And there's only one way you can go back against it. And it's well, there's two ways. There's exposure therapy, and then there's um, and then there's there's stomping out the weed. One is exposure therapy. Step out and experience the shame. Right. Mm. Don't. When I decided I didn't want to go to medical school and just kind of went through my own whole deconstruction of who I was in conjunction with massive trauma, losing a brother to suicide. I mean, I decided not to go to medical school, tried psychedelics and lost a brother to suicide all within like four weeks of each other. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, I had I I like MK ultra myself and I completely deconstructed who I was like pre-med preppy frat boy Tommy. And there's shame. You lose all the friends. You're the outcast. You're the weirdo. You're the one that's not going to grad school. You're the one that's not getting an apartment in Atlanta. You're the one who's like, man, I want to fucking go off and do it. It, There's shame. Mm -hmm. And that shame is near lethal. But if you can get through it, you can come out on the other side and realize that the shadows of shame, it's like, bro, just go step into the sunlight or just turn on your own light. And you're free of that. So that's exposure therapy. And then the other is stomping it out like a weed. When you start to see these systems come in, Hey, well, you you can stay on Facebook and do everything, but listen, if you if you keep pushing this disinformation about you know the Pfizer shot being banned, we're gonna have to put you in Facebook jail. We're not gonna ban you, Bob, but you can't look at cat memes for a week, all right? But we'd love to have you back. Okay, I won't right. do. Just these little slight nudges. You just can't post that meme. All right, well, hey, you're you're posting disinformation about the Ukraine war, so if you could just you know cut that out, or we're not even gonna ban you, we're just gonna derank your post. Oh, all right, I get you. Well, you walk it out 40, 50, 60 years, and much like a Model T becoming a Tesla or uh, the Wright brothers becoming a, of, of the Wright Flyer becoming a double-decker Airbus A380 where you can lit, lay in a literal bed and eat sushi as you fly to Tokyo. Well, let's walk right. this out. Let's really walk this out. Hey, t- you know, it's 2075. Hey, Tom, you just did that episode with Dave Glasson. So we've got 11, uh, we've got 11 complaints from that. So... You, uh, you, unfortunately, that means you can't do 11 days without Uber Eats, okay? But th- walk it out even farther past that. Mr. Kerrigan, if you could please pull over. We have 11 complaints against you, men with guns. And then finally, it's uh, you have 11 years in prison. You keep walking it out. It's not going to go backwards. And so what all you can do now is when you see this little vine coming up, you have to fucking take a blowtorch to it. It's the yeah. only way. And well, if I take a blowtorch to it, and what if they what if they kill me for fighting the system? You're doing yourself a favor by removing yourself from the hellscape that's coming. So exposure therapy and 
cut it out like the cancer it is. Yes, and I, I mean, at the same time, there's always a counterpoint in that sometimes what people makes things worse, the solution become that is worse than the problem, right? And that's the other thing. So that's why it's important to, I guess we always got to be present, right? Whenever mm. we're in um, extenuating circumstances, shall sure. we say, or things of new boundary conditions, right? Where we react based on like a certain instinct or impulse Correct. and uh yeah oftentimes right the solution is is what are they what was the, we heard a million times i still remember like this cure can't be worse than the yeah <laughs> like yeah don't so take we, don't take what i'm saying and be like you're right we got to remove facebook now i'm putting a bomb on my chest no because now you're ending your life you're harming others your mom's going to be sad you're never going to be able to have sex again outside of a prison so you're right maybe i'm offering a false like set of two choices but I, I still agree, but it's it's the idea that we have to be present at all times whenever fi- and to face with these situations because the, the magnitude is big, right? When you play out like the whole Facebook thing and like it, the, the implications are so huge. And so we need to have a conversation, right? As you were uh, just quoting from the, the Nick Bryant podcast. And like that's really the first step, right? Because I think oftentimes people will going back even to the shame, right? People have feelings they don't like and their first response is to do something to like push it down. But that's usually like, that's where the the real trouble starts, right? It's not even, it's that there's something wrong that's there that needs to be dealt with, but it's that people panic, you know, and they react uh, viscerally, understandably so, especially when things are, are, you know, very complicated, you know? you're whatever you got split personalities you were you know abused seriously abused like things when people were really children uh and it's just it hits them later um it's hard not to respond right but yeah we always we have to have a conversation because if we can't put a name on the problem there's no way we're going to solve it and interestingly, once we do that, though, it's like we, we often find ourselves in a, in a totally different world, right? Like we're free because at least we're, we're calling things by their name. And sometimes that just means acknowledging how serious or bad a situation is, which is the thing that people are really afraid of, right? It's not even, it's not even that the situation is super serious, but it's the thought that they'll have to, it's the imagined the thought, the threat of this situation in in the mind, the thought of it is scarier than the real thing, you know, because when we're actually in, in the middle, in the thick of something, you know, like even danger, like your automatic systems kick in, your adrenaline yeah. kicks in, people, people respond in miraculous ways, right? Uh, and they can, and they can be very heroic as seemingly just like regular, regular folks, right? All of a sudden, like become real heroes. And I think, yeah, so we have to remember that and that the thoughts are sometimes the more lethal mm. and with all this conspiracy stuff, you know, like, like the real conspiracies, we're, we're talking about <laughs> real conspiracies here, uh, conspiracy facts, not conspiracy theories. It's actually easier once you start to, to talk about these things than if you just live in the world of make-believe, which is like a, just a total prison. And uh, yeah. So you do want to stomp the thing out, but oftentimes that just means like 
you have to call things by their name and enough with the make-believe right because that's just that's a never-ending thing that's just you know and we play it out that's what i like that was the other thing you said like uh how did you say it like it was the your first example like you, you the the right flyer to the the 747 well you draw it out right yeah, so yeah like, extrapolate yeah. it 50 100 150 years yeah so i remember hearing somebody once who's saying like people who let's say they were alcoholics or like they were recovering alcoholics and one of the things that uh, an exercise that they would do to to avoid relapse is to play out what their night's gonna be like if they like go to the bar and, and see like uh, uh, what, what and the boys right like what what's gonna okay it's fun at first but like what's gonna oh, that's like at seven eight, seven p.m. you know and you're just like hey da, 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 da. but like what does eight p.m. look like uh, and whatever how much money have you lost by like 9 p.m. It's like what about 200 bucks uh you know how much is your rent how much do you make a, a week and it's like 50 bucks i don't know but um you so you play it out and that that really does help right for for people to oftentimes they're not playing out scenarios and they're so they're stuck and they respond based on the the false or fixed set of options that the present moment seems to present and uh you know you you have to you you compartmentalize you have no choice because it's like it's you're in a pod right so that yeah i find that's a very useful exercise for everything like in our lives like do we want to be you know that dude or that person that you know was afraid for xyz reasons and we don't even know what the other other us would look like you know if we actually you know do take that leap of faith do call things by their name uh we don't even know what's going to happen which is kind of exciting right like that all sorts of things could happen uh and that mystery is oftentimes probably more interesting than like the predictable shit right which we seem which seems safer which is i guess why you know anyone or any of us have ever like you know stuck to something even though we're like i don't like this it makes me feel icky it's safe it's one thing uh, i started doing right when this podcast started is i worked at a liquor store like summer 2020 i just fucking hated it people are good as people are employees whatever co-workers were fine it's just you're gonna it's a shit minimum wage job you gotta go move boss you just don't want to do it it's whatever um, mm. and I used to, you know, you're just always looking at the clock. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Seven hours left, five hours left, three hours left, an hour left, 25 minutes left. And then I just always remember like that bliss of like, and checking out and you're like later and you're like, your mood changes and you're walking out the front door. You got your keys. The sun's still shining. You're like, fuck yeah. Right. And then the next morning you'd wake up and be like, Oh, I have to go to work. And I just remember one day, like maybe September, 2020. I was walking into the liquor store. It was like 9 a.m. The birds are chirping. I was like, fuck this. And I just remember like a voice in my head saying like, the shift's already over. And I was just like, and I went through the whole day, bullshit, mopping, cleaning the toilet, taking out the trash. And then I walked out and it was like, and here we are. And I was like, and every day I would go into work and I'd say, it's already over. Mm. And now it's over. 
and I did a podcast mm. with a friend and I was telling him this story and like and I was like, Trey, it's like September 9th, 2020. It's like cool. I was like, if I keep working at this podcast, and I'm living above my parents' garage at the time, I'm like, if I keep doing this podcast, I'm gonna blink and I'm there. So I was like, I'm already there. And I now sure. look back at it. We're coming up on this September will be thirty six months. I'm living nice. in my own. I'm living in my own apartment with my own studio. I have a room just for the studio. Podcast has succeeded beyond my dreams, and I'm like, it's already here. So, but the point of that is, is to say it's already here. I'll do that with the show. I'll be like, ooh, it's ooh, it's Wednesday night. Ooh, I could get a little. I get a little fucked up tonight, but it's like I have three podcasts I'm, tomorrow. Yeah, okay, to sell. Yeah, it's already done yeah but that also works with bad things i go it's already tomorrow morning he no it's no it's not it's it's what it's it's 4 p.m 4 30 i can get some beer after this episode i'll send it to david get a little fucked up listen to a little tim dylan play some video it's gonna be fun no it's all it's already you're waking up tomorrow and the birds are chirping what do you mean hey you're already waking up on not enough sleep you're having some anxiety from alcohol withdrawal you feel like shit you're kind of tired. You're thinking about canceling your shows. Your stomach's kind of queasy. Your part, your your bedroom's a mess because you got fucked up and just walked into bed and passed out. I don't want that. I don't want that to be here. Do you want to be leaving the gym feeling great knowing you got another podcast? I want that. Well, that's already here. So choose which one you want. But that goes for everything is walk it out. Look at it really and don't say it's going to happen. Say it's here. Which one do yeah. you want? Yeah, and I mean, just these examples and the other examples that, uh, you know, we talked about. And it's like, again, so then you think the way time can be condensed or, you know, we're we're thrown into like a timeless moment, right, where everything sort of shifts the frame and everything changes. There's a million ways to do that, good and bad, right? And a lot of these techniques are, are neutral, right? They can be used like in the false memories thing, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't like to, I don't want to just talk about negative things, but I, I mean, your thing was pretty positive. You, you made it to the other side. That's yeah. I like that. Uh, and we need more stories like that. Now, dark story, nice counterpoint, right? Art's all about contrast anyways. Uh, good contrasts. Um, yeah. He was saying for, for the false memories, like you could tell somebody, uh, this is in, in Jolly West's letters, um, you know, it's let's say the year was 1944 uh, and you'll say, you know, it's 19 or whatever. Yeah, 1944. You say it's 1950, you know, and a lot of things have already happened today. You already, you know, went to your house and you saw this and you did that. And the president said this. And here we are now. And so a lot of things that we couldn't talk about before now we can talk about them and you just you keep adding things right and uh they're very powerful right the mind is very powerful and it doesn't necessarily work the way um we think it works all the time right like if i say don't think about the color blue which is one of the examples that uh bandler uses in his book uh guide to transformation and yeah, he's saying like that the mind doesn't necessarily work the way we think of it. And don't think about the color blue. It, there's a command there. But so it sounds, and he talks about stacking realities. So like a story within a story, within a story, within a story, where 
it's not clear we're talking about one thing, but we're really talking about another. Or a person saying one thing, but they're really saying something else, or they're saying something completely different. And especially when it's there's nested loops. So when you become confused about which parts of which story belong to which section, your mind, depending on how the structures are stored, your mind's going to latch on to what it, 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 it can remember, right? That's not, so it goes into the subconscious. It goes into the, the deeper structures of the psyche because that's what you can feel. Whereas the analytical part, it doesn't go through. And so you can put through things that people will be left with certain things or will remember certain things and they won't remember all the other stuff, right? And that's, I mean, we could, that's kind of normal, right? We can think of all sorts of things where all sorts of things happen to us, right? And for some reason, we remembered certain things and other things we completely forgot. So it's really a, it's a vast field and it can be used for, for great good. Or, I mean, if it is powerful, then yeah, were it to fall into the wrong hands, uh, you know, people can get all sorts of crazy ideas stuck in their head. I mean, hell, I, I don't think I've been in Ultra, and I have different stupid ideas stuck in my head at different times. I was like, that's such a stupid idea or, or thought or feeling, right? Is they well, it's there. And just saying, just calling it stupid doesn't actually do very much, right? <laughs> like it doesn't, doesn't change your affect, doesn't change the way you feel about yourself for the situation. And so, yeah, it's, you know, the whole book is about different ways that you can kind of uh, intervene on these things by recognizing the modalities, which, which, what's your mind really doing? How does it work? How do things sink into, go from thought to feeling? And that's definitely, I feel, um, an important, you know, how do, how do we bridge the realm of, of thought and feeling, the heart and mind? Right. How many times or, you know, this is a timeless theme. Right. But people have one thing in their mind, but a different thing in their heart. And it's, uh, you know, it's a it's an art. Right. To be able to bridge those worlds, which I'd say is really kind of what art is or should be. Right. It's visceral. Like great art has great sublime or profound ideas, but it's also beautiful. And it awakens something inside us that makes us desire, you know, at least this is the way Plato talks about it, going back to the Republic, where we can come to desire beauty, truth, and goodness as things that we feel, right? In the same way that you talked about feeling good about doing something that's good for you, you could know that something's good for you, but not really be down, you know? And so that works at so many levels. And if it can work at the level of good, then surely it can work at the level of bad. You know, and if people have trouble imagining that in this world it goes both ways, then, you know, I mean, get out of here. You know, like, <laughs> go go watch Teletubbies. Go yeah. watch uh, the next Marvel shitty cocaine bear movie or whatever. Whatever the fuck it, it is. <laughs> yeah, go watch that. It's yeah. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Have you, did you see... Apparently, some Star Wars guy. I've never seen a single Star Wars, but I recognize the name Mark Mark Hamill. 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 I guess he was a fucking. I don't know. Um. 
he's like recording the air raid sirens for Ukraine. And it's like the, it's like the empire is attacking. And then when it's when the air raid stops, it's like the force be with you. And there's like nine. This is like three days ago. And there's like nine hundred thousand upvotes on Reddit. And it's like this is so wholesome. And I'm just like, that's you're breaking away from reality. Like that is that is more intoxicating than just like slugging a bottle of Everclear. Did you see that the that the Luke Skywalker is helping the Ukrainians fight Russia? And it's like. You infantilize like the brainwashing's complete. Aliens don't sound bad at that point. At that point, I'm like, Putin, fuck it, hit the button. Like, I'm like, the infantilization of our society is so complete. Just everything is like, I got my new Marvel action figure, so wholesome. And it's like, dude, we are a we are a, a house of cards that an external enemy can just poke. Like, we are not, it's just people like, this is so wholesome. This is just like Harry Potter. We have, we are breaking away from reality. Instead of comparing things to actual events, like, oh, this is like, yeah. this is like the draft for World War II when Grandpa had to say goodbye to Grandma and go fight on Iwo Jima. Instead, it's like, this is like Harry Potter. And it's like, we are basing things on fiction. And then the next step will be to base things on this war, which we're basing on fiction. We are basing things off of things, off of things, is reflections of echoes of shadows of memories. We are completely going out into the wilderness, and once you're sufficiently far away from reality, there is no direction. Your compass means shit. Anyone can come in and rebuild a reality and say, this is right, this is wrong. Men can have babies. Up is down. Down is up. Ocean water is racist. Zebras are actually professors. Nothing is real. That's where we're right. going. That's exactly where we're going. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really wild, and it's it's funny. Like, of course, we hear about this all the time, right? Like, the world, the West is in trouble. The world's in trouble. People, people are struggling. People are not well. The West is in trouble. And uh, but yeah, like unless we really get to, it's like you have to have a conversation. At a certain point, I guess this is our recurring theme here. We we have to have conversations, right? And you know, once you do that, I mean, it makes it makes a big difference because then we can talk about solutions. And I do think that you know, because there is a lot of conspiracy fact stuff, like real intense stuff. Um, and I think yeah, it's important to. We, the way I see it, we're, we're only talking about all this dark stuff because we want to get to the good stuff, right? We want to we want to get to the real thing, right? To actual goodness, truth, and beauty and how we can uh, participate and contribute to these things, which are lasting, right? And if, if our lives are to have meaning, uh, you know, why not participate in something that is, is bigger than ourselves, but that is also... Uh, rooted in beauty, truth, and goodness, as opposed to mere imitations, right? Or clever illusions and, you know, mimicry. And I think that's to get excited about that, that we can get a taste of the real thing, right? That we can actually get a taste, uh, you know, and God willing, you know, even maybe participate, you know, have some sort of active role in that in the proliferation and creation of new 
forms of this beauty, truth, and goodness, which we see, you know, it's been, it's all, it's been around throughout history, right? Like it's not, there's always been a struggle against imitations and evil, which I'd say, you know, the legacy of evil is the legacy of imitations. It's all the things that we're, we're convinced is the real thing are the things that will make us feel good, that will make us happy, right? That are like good causes, you know, standing with Ukraine and, uh, you know, think of the Ukrainian children and stuff that just, you know, it goes to people's hearts and minds, which the bad guys know is, you know, unless it's in the hearts, in the hearts and minds of people, it's not going to stick. And so everything is about how do we get things to sink into the deep structures of, of people's psyche so that it, it does trickle into their hearts, you know, and it does color uh, the images in their in their heads. So, I mean, when we start thinking about the good that comes from that and making it to the other side and that a whole different kind of world actually awaits us. Right. If, if we have the balls to actually, you know, make a decision. I, I think that's important. And I remember hearing, you know, every once in a while we're all on YouTube. Right. So you see a video sometimes or you're watching one thing and there's this other suggestion. You're like, you know what? Part of me is like bullshit. You know, it's like some inspiration thing or not inspiration, but like whatever. What a, you, there's all you just click on it for whatever. Yeah. And so, but it was actually an interesting one where the guy, you know, you could tell he's, it's a lot of like NLP inspired, like neuro-linguistic programming inspired, like uh, what's his name? The Tony Robbins, you know, but like a, seems a bit more uh, serious or I don't want to say serious, maybe advanced. Sincere. Uh, yeah. He, but he made the point because they were at, talking about like addiction or trauma, right? How do people recover from trauma? And uh, he was making the point that like, and this will tie into how is it, you know, why it has to be in the heart and mind. Um, and he was saying people don't recover from trauma just by like, you know, there's like this talk therapy idea or like, well, like they know why they're doing the things that they do. You know, addicts will often know like to a degree or the idea that people don't know at some level why they're doing the shit they're doing. They can know for 30 years. Right. But the thing that causes, he was saying, people to really change is to get excited uh, about this new thing. Right. To get excited about the, the different life that they're imagining, but that, that they're really envisioning for themselves. Right. Because they're they've rehearsed so many times the bad stuff. Right. And the compulsive thoughts and like replaying shit. Uh, they've rehearsed that a million trillion times, right? So it's very familiar. Your body, your muscle memory, everything is anchored to it. And so he just made the point that the people who really change are the people who start to get excited about the other thing, right? About the idea of getting to the real thing, getting to their own deeper true self, right? As opposed to all the external uh, bullshit that was either, you know, imposed on them or that they had to create as a facade in order to operate within a largely, you know, artificial world that's just, you know, mimicry and illusions and like you're supposed to say the right thing and and go through the motions but like at the end of the day it's all, you know, it's 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 uh it's gross or like it's it's soul deadening, right? So the people who break out of that are the people who start to actually emote and create new 
states of affectation with these these other ideas which are noble these other visions which are good and so i think that's important right in the whole mind war that if it's just if we just talk about the bad and but which is necessary right but then it's like how are we talking about it like from what standpoint are we getting at it what's the good you know do are we looking at the bad from the standpoint of an understanding of the of the simple truth of this of the of the deeper goodness that is innate in the soul of each human being right that that part of us that has something divine are we approaching the bad from that standpoint or are we just approaching the bad from like a black pill uh you know cynical um you know whatever boomer like nothing new under the sun kind of i was once like you and da 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 you know we you know we tried to change the world and da 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 and then you know they got a job and they just you know they're then they're just out to lunch for the rest for, for until the end you know they're yeah. just permanent uh you know <laughs> spiritual retirement mental retirement and it's just you know tim dylan always talks about like his dad right his yeah, dad's like just, just oh. checked out just checked exactly. out Jeez. his dad is like dad i just you know i just made two million dollars on patreon he's like yeah that's, that's good for you kid you know you're just you're just whatever <laughs> it's just like dude's gone yeah he, right the dog the, dog, the, the yeah yeah, and, yeah the he won't Why? wake up unless you pet him. He's just we're at a funeral, and he's like, "This dog is just checked what, out." What is he? Yeah, and so it's like I don't want that guy. No, you know I don't want checked out. I want to be present, and I want to get to the real thing. And so I feel that then you know it's like yeah okay so let's talk about some shit you know let's let's get into the weeds here uh, because we want to make it to the other side in the same way that you know Dante didn't get to paradise without first having to go Walk through, through it all yeah find yourself in hell keep walking yeah but and sometimes i guess that's where you know we're told like sometimes people have to see how bad it gets before they kind of like come back online or come online uh in many cases and you know maybe it's true but like you know maybe we've hit rock bottom and you know there's a great uh line by louis ck in one of his stand-ups where he's like you know, he said like a really bad joke and he's like, you know, okay, I think, I think this is rock bottom. And he's like, that feels good. It feels good. Okay. Cause now it's, it's just up. It's just, it's just up from here. And so, yeah, maybe we've, we've hit rock bottom. Maybe that's a good thing. And, you know, maybe now we're freed about to think about uh, new stuff, good stuff, because I mean, this is clearly, it's not, it hasn't worked. It's, the magic is over. Right, the show's over. You made a a great point though about being excited, and you mm-hmm. do stick with habits regardless of them being good or bad. You just stick with them out of comfort. Again, your muscle memory is this is what we do, this is what I do, this is just what we do on Wednesdays, and it's comfortable. That was actually like one of the reasons, like when I first started the podcast, was to like start dieting again start getting enough sleep, going to the gym every day, reading right. books is because I was, I had just exhausted the whole eat every time you want to eat, sleep whenever you want to sleep, play video games, jerk off, do nothing, be lazy. It wasn't even some 
inspirational. Like, and I woke up one day and I saw the sunrise and said, today is it. No, it was just like I had done. It wasn't that it was good or bad. It's just I had done one thing for so long. I was fucking bored. And I was like, I got excited about the idea of like reading instead of playing video games or like dieting instead of eating or working out instead of like jerking off. And that's kind of what has led to like where the show is now and like where I am in life now is I have, I've just gotten so bored of the, the lazy do every impulse. Now it's not even that it's some like, this is good for me. It's, I get more of a thrill out of like, I'm tired. Let's get up and go to the fucking gym. Like, you think you can do it? I don't know. Let's see if I can do it. Like, how many more episodes can you do? How many more books can you read? Can you meditate just a little longer? Can you keep keep the bathroom just a little cleaner? Can you just do this? You know, that's where I just get excited now is improvement. And it's it's not even that it's good or bad. It's just I just got bored. I did the other one for so long. It was like, what am I gonna do? Smoke the same bong and eat the same cheeseburger for the mill? It's it's done. It's I'm, I'm I've seen the movie. I want to play something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but, and, but that begs the question then, you know, does it, I mean, does man always have to fly too close to the sun? You know, like, do we have to always get burnt before we learn? And I mean, on an individual uh, basis, it's one thing, but like, then we think like historically, you know, like what does flying too close to the sun mean? Uh, for Western civilization today, you know, and these are more complex questions. Again, I'm not, I'm not a doom and gloom person, uh, but I was also reflecting on how, um, and yeah, well, my, my friend, my buddy, Matt had been mentioning, like, if you think of some of the great American leaders, let's say like JFK or Roosevelt, both examples, uh, both of them were sickly, mm-hmm. like the aristocratic sort of, families um but they also had humbling experiences you know they had things that made them frail and weak uh, which forced them to find something in themselves so i was just thinking that in terms of like then you see folks who are just pretty run-of-the-mill but like they're fine they're well adjusted and like not bad people you know i uh, you know i like them they're fine uh they're they're doing they're doing all right um but then that goes both ways. Cause it's like, is that deeper self really even on? Like, are they online or if things have gone relatively well, then you're kind of on autopilot, right? Yeah. Unless you've been trained by like philosopher Kings or sages or like you, or we're in this world where people actually get a classical education, which is like almost never these days, but like the real classical education, you know, Confucius, Plato, these things, uh, and the kind of approaches that they had, then you got a lot of people who I surmise could come online, you know, and it's not. And the only reason they haven't is because they're not in a situation where they've kind of been. They don't have you know, to come online. Yeah, exactly. And some people don't have a choice, right? Like it's, or it's like you, you, you've hit rock bottom or you've hit a wall uh, where it's like, this isn't working. You know, it's very clear. But for a lot of people, uh, for a lot of people, it doesn't work. And I mean, they they just burn out. Sure. Uh, that's also a thing. Um, but they just fly straight into the sun. You know, they just keep going and they say, fuck it. Yeah. But then there's other people. There's a lot of just in the middle. And I think often these are the if you think these are really the target for a lot of the social engineering. 
right? They're just kind of, you know, they just go through it. I see it. Like I go to the gym. This is where my interaction with like uh, everyday folks, <laughs> let's put it that way. And, you know, so I just hear things they say or, you know, um, and you can tell, you know, they just got, they're in the pod life, you know, but they're doing okay. They're, you know, they have decent relationships, decent family. Um, but yeah, it's like, there's a lot of shit going on in the world where at a certain point, it's like, it's not okay to not know about all these things, right? Like we're not in the garden anymore. You know, there's, we have to be able to have certain conversations. And uh, so, yeah, how do you, how do you, uh, how do how do you get these people to come online, right? How do you get regular folks to come online? And naturally, it helps to you know think about how we came online, uh, and then to play these things out, but to put ourselves in the shoes of other people uh, as well. So yeah, does man always have to fly too close to the sun? That's been a you know a big question for me. And just thinking about you know who are the people that do emerge. It's interesting that a lot of leaders were, uh, you know, some of the greatest leaders were sickly or like Abraham Lincoln, a hell of an ugly bastard. You know, he said it himself, you know, like I, I, I have to be interesting, you know, cause this, this yeah, is not, it. yeah, it's not, it's not the thing. It's, it's not a vibe, you know, it wasn't a vibe back then, still not a vibe. <laughs> but... He's like, I gotta do something fucking crazy. I'm gonna free the slaves. <laughs> I'm gonna feed yeah. slaves and wear a fucking top hat. Like, you know, I gotta exactly. get, I gotta get laid somehow. Um, I, 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 Seneca was the same thing. Uh, like, uh, Seneca was like in Rome. Like, you know, you think of like you hear Caesar and you hear the emperors and like they're supposed to be like it's this like projection of strength and da da da. And the guy's like a little short, bald dude. Yeah. But he speaks like he commands all the attention of all the senators and everything. Right. He has a very powerful uh you know demeanor but it's there's something deeper inside him that was activated a long time ago and he cultivated that and so yeah i think we definitely need that if we don't want to collectively fly too close to the sun i was or right into it i was gonna say i think i think you do have to fly too close to the sun but my own point is negated by like what I did. So like I flew to too close to the sun. I hit rock bottom. I gained 70 pounds. I was addicted to clonopin, moved home, like real piece of shit. And so from that hand on that side, I'm like, yeah, you, you got to fly too close. It's the only, it's when you wake up and you're 30 living above your parents' garage, you got to go, what am I doing with my life? But mm. the reason why I didn't keep going down and flying closer to the sun is I was like, well, what are the next steps? The next steps right. are like heroin, meth, robbery. And I was like, I don't want to do those. And thus, I didn't have to fly too close to the sun. I was like, I know what comes next, and I'm not going to do that. So it's a weird, like, you have to fly too close to the sun, like, in your own thing. And yeah. then you start to realize right. you're like, oh, lessons about flying too close to the Maybe that's what it is. You have to hit rock bottom to really take home what other rock bottom lessons are. You go, oh, that guy, that was a real experience. That wasn't just a book. That wasn't just an inspirational speech. Just like I know what it's like to be broken, addicted to Xanax. Oh, ro you, he's robbing a homeless, robbing a grandmother to get cash for heroin. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm not doing it. So you don't yeah. have to hit every tree branch on the way down. You just have to hit enough before you go, 
the next one's going to hurt just as much. Right. So but the, I think you really said a crucial detail there, right? Is there, you said, well, what's next? And you played out the scenarios and that became a visceral thing for you, right? And it's at the point that it became a visceral thing that it was like, fuck that, you know? Like, yeah, I, I same thing for me. You know, there's certain things are just like, fuck that. I, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, and so then you kind of, you get creative, right? But let's say, again, so going back to, you know, quote unquote, the normies. I'm, I'm listening. Uh, I'm making a note. Yeah. It's... Uh, if they, they haven't had necessarily those experiences, so they haven't had to play out all sorts of different shit, actually, they're just fine in the moment. And they're just kind of, you know, cruising. They're on cruise control, right? So they're just cruising through it. And I mean, I think for a lot of them, then you get older and certain things start to get more, uh, the, a lot of the magic fades, right? Like the magic of youth fades, you know? Um, there's a lot of jokes I could make there, which I won't. But you know, people get older, you know, the midlife crisis, like that's, that's a, that's happens to regular or quote unquote, you know, regular folks, because it's like, Hey man, you weren't online for most of the time. And now like the universe is kind of like, it's the walls are coming in a bit closer and you, you haven't thought about a lot of things. You're in the spaceship and, and you're going, the sun's so. getting like 3% bigger a day, right? For the first, yeah. for the first hundred years of the trip, it it's it looks the same, and it's only when you look at before and after selfies of you on the spaceship, you go, oh yeah, ten years later it was a little, it looks a little bigger, and it's like, hey bro, every day we wake up, the sun looks a little bigger, and then you go, oh oh, we're actually going to the sun. That's not just a light outside yeah. the window. That is a ball of fusion. Oh man, I'm fifty. I gotta buy a Corvette. I gotta fucking. I gotta leave my wife. I gotta get a fucking young. Oh show fuck. You gotta. I'm jumping I ship. I gotta get that blue chew that Tim Dillon. I gotta get I gotta get blue chew. I gotta fucking wake up and have a hard dick. I gotta I gotta get sheath underwear. What, do you remember the sheath underwear ads? <laughs> Robert Patron is a he's a virtuous pedophile. <laughs> it's but that's that's what it is, and so I mean, I guess what a weird nuanced conclusion. It's like. You do, but you don't have to fly too close to the sun. You have to get like a sunburn to realize, oh, I will. If we go into the sun, it's going to be even worse. If you're smart and then you don't get melanoma and <laughs> some people get melanoma. Yeah. Right? And I guess. And at, <sighs> in the highest level, I guess this is, well, this is what I was thinking about. Um, a, a, a poet translator sent me his translation uh, of uh, a drama by Seneca. Um, and while well, I was thinking, this is where tragedy comes into play, like art at its highest level or the level that like Plato and the stuff we're talking about is that, well, the whole point is tragedy is to see these rock bottom scenarios or stupid played out to its like maximum, you know, like dial all the way so that you can see that shit played out on the stage rather than acting it out in real life. Oh, uh... And that's, that's where I was like, okay, so in a good world, we would need a lot of tragedy, a lot of tragic art, uh, right? Like always act this shit out in real life. It has to become visceral for people from a young age, right? That's why it's Icarus that flies too close to the sun. Daedalus, his father, having made the wings that, you know, with the wax and da-da-da. 
But Icarus was the one who, you know, his dad knew not to fly too close. But the son, he's just, he's like, he's, I'm flying, bro. Yeah, young, so, young buck. Uh, yeah, just. Yeah, exactly. And so unless those effective systems are put in place, right, where you have a visceral feeling of disgust towards a healthy disgust towards things that, you know, are self-destructive or bad um, and a, a, a yearning. And like, this is good. And you yearn for things that are, are good. And again, I mean, yeah. So that, you then know. it becomes a thing, you know, like it, we have to, it's not just in the now, but it's about many generations. And unless I guess we're thinking about in terms of many generations or certain things become clear that are not, if we just think about individuals, but then we think this is a multi-generational thing that we should uh, be involved in and thinking about um and then i'm thinking oh yeah. f- fuck we gotta wrap this one up and i have another podcast in two minutes i just shit i was just thinking though like i'm just getting this imagery of like it's 1923 and we're doing this podcast and we're like we're so detached from reality the stock market's booming weimar germany everyone's waking up i think like a delicacy in like weimar germany was like you take tulips and dip them in ether and suck them at breakfast just get high as fuck like what comes next? Right, tra- right. We have no tragedy in our art. Everything's booming. New York skyscrapers, baby. Flappers. Fucking everyone's doing. Yeah, man. You know what's coming? A depression, a dust bowl, and then World War fucking two. But yeah, pure fuck out of here. But after that comes the post-war golden age. So we're heading for hell. But. The Golden Gates exist after that. So I think we're in the Roaring Twenties. Enjoy the fucking dance because we're going off a cliff. And after the cliff, we are then going into war. But after that is like 1950s America. Fucking milkshakes and varsity jackets. And it probably just repeats forever. I think that I think that's not a bad place to end. Let's say <laughs> take a beat on that. Yeah. And think of and what kind of chapters do they want to write uh for themselves going forward? Mm. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude, as always, it's a pleasure chatting with you, man. Uh shoot me a re- shoot me a reminder text if you could like right now cuz I got to do another podcast, so I'm going to forget. Shoot me just any text, but just a reminder text so we'll schedule the next one cuz otherwise I'll forget and it will just float off yeah, of the sure. ether. Yeah, sure. And so my latest article that spurred the the beginning of this discussion is out on uh, people can just go on uh, Age of Muses, David Gosselin. That's my substack. So Age of Muses, David Gosselin. The links links to all your shit. Sorry, the links to all your shit are in the description already, guys. So just go click on those and you can see his new stuff. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Tommy. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Fuck yeah, man. Shoot me that text. We'll we'll schedule another one. I look forward to it. Uh, Guys, much love. And uh, I don't know, fly too close to the sun or don't, whatever. I mean, you do you. David, take care, brother. Stay safe, everybody. Much love. Peace.